It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 242 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, December 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Shows on Twitter as well at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Uh, check out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA, NFL team, and NFL teams. Blah. Uh, and uh, you can check out Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke. Those are all together on the Locked On NBA and NFL iTunes channels. Uh, really great resource if you want to catch up on the biggest stories around the league with a local perspective. Uh, if you want to hear about Alvin Kamara's injury and how that's going to affect the Saints, very upset that Alvin Kamara got hurt. Uh, that concussion looked awful, and he's terribly, terribly fun, um, and I'm very sad that he's out. Um, but if you want to hear about that and how it's going to affect the Saints and their their chances of you know holding on to the AFC South, make sure you're checking out Locked on Saints on Friday. You're going to have that game entirely covered. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great resource. You can find our show, Locked on Raptors, on iTunes. Please leave a rating or a review. Uh, it's the easiest way to help with the show, show that you care. It's, uh, it's so quick, so easy. It takes no time at all. You don't have to pay any money to do it. Uh, and uh, it really helps to move us up the rankings, makes us more discoverable, uh, boosts the listenership, all that good stuff that hopefully uh, we all want to see. Um, all right, on today's show, I'm joined by Keith Parrish. He's one of the hosts of Fast Break Breakfast, uh, a really great NBA podcast. If you've never checked it out, make sure you do check it out. Uh, Keith is, uh, and the other hosts of the podcast are Grizzlies fans. So I had Keith on tee up the game against the Grizzlies Friday night, and more so just talk about where the Grizzlies are at because they're at a fascinating, you know, sort of organizational crossroads right now. Fired Dave Fisdale, Marcus All looking a little iffy in terms of whether he's going to be around long term. Uh, lots of uh, sort of strife with their roster building and things like that. So, a uh, very fascinating team, kind of a depressing team to talk about, but Keith did a great job of making it light and making it fun. And uh, Keith does that on the podcast, Fast Break Breakfast, as well. So, make sure you're checking it out. Uh, we're going to be back again on Monday. Not sure what we're going to do for the podcast yet. Actually, we might have our pal. Lucas Han on uh, to talk about the uh, Raptors and Clippers. I think they play on Monday, so maybe we'll have Lucas on and we'll tee that game up. Um, and uh, in the meantime, you can check out LockedOnRaptors.com. I keep updating the Raptors advent calendar every night. Uh, it's uh, It's been really fun, or every day, at some point during the day. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, yesterday, yeah, Thursday, I was recording this Thursday night. Yesterday, I wrote about uh, Anthony Parker, who has a very strange sort of history, YouTube thing going on. Uh, man, I, it's so late and I'm so tired. I have no idea what the hell I'm saying. Just go to the thing. Go to the Raptors advent calendar on LockedOnRaptors.com and see what I'm talking about. It's great. Uh, and tomorrow, I have no idea what I'm going to write about for day 17, but we'll see. It'll be fun, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, enjoy the conversation with Keith Parrish, and we will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy the game against the Grizzlies. Enjoy the game against the Kings on Sunday. Uh, and here's hoping the Raptors have a couple wins to show for it. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Cheers. All right, join me now on Locked On Raptors to discuss tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. One of the hosts of Fast Break Breakfast. Uh, Fast Break Breakfast. I always screw that up because I'm terrible at English. Uh, it's Keith Parrish. How you doing, man? 
I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm great. Uh, recording this intro for the second time because I forgot to hit record, which is always good. Uh, so let's just dive right into it. The, the Grizzlies are kind of a mess right now compared to what they have been in the past. They've been kind of a you know a bastion of consistency for the last few seasons. Kind of you know you always count them out going into the season, and then they happen to make the playoffs every single year because Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol are amazing. Uh, last season it seemed like Dave Fisdale did a great job, and then you get to this season, and Dave Fisdale gets fired a few weeks in. Um, and I, I guess we can start there. Uh, you know, since Dave Fisdale was let go, J.B. Bickerstaff is filling in because that's what he does. He's an in, the interim head coach king. Um, how has the team changed? Has there been a discernible sort of difference in how they're playing? Is it better? Is it worse? What's the sort of vibe around the team been since uh, since Bickerstaff took over? Well, they're still losing. <laughs> so that isn't great. Uh, style of play... Like they're playing a little bit slower, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that's on purpose or not. It, it might just be that we played some slow teams. We played the Spurs a couple times. Uh, I think it might be like they decided maybe we don't need to push the pace that much, which as a, as a fan I like because I don't think the Grizzlies are super good. And the more possessions on every game is more chances for us to get outscored. So I'm all for like, oh yeah, let's uh, let's slow it down and, and try to you know, increase our variance where maybe we have a chance of winning with a slower game. So uh, I think they've been shooting a few fewer three-pointers is another thing. But again, it's only been five games. They played mainly good teams, uh, and it hasn't gone super well. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously Mike Conley being out is not helpful. Brandon Wright's been hurt too. Wayne Selden was supposed to be a starter coming in, and he's not played either. Um, so, you're like, it's kind of a ragtag group of dudes on this team right now, plus Marcus Gasol. Uh, and I guess Gasol is the most fascinating person to talk about on this team right now. Um, you know, it's kind of weird because it feels like, and I'm not sure maybe you have a different sort of uh, insight as to what happened to lead to the firing of Fisdale, but it does kind of seem like Gasol was, you know, wrapped up in it somehow. I'm not exactly sure how, um, but I don't think it's much of a coincidence that the day after he had that uh, media press, the media conference, that Fizz got fired. Um, so, I don't know, as, as a Grizz fan, or is there any sort of conflicted feelings about Gasol have you changed your mind on like how you view him ever since the Fizz thing went down no I haven't changed my mind on how I view him but it does look bad it is very much so the first act of an episode of Law and Order (laughs) where uh whatever the the shock jock gets someone to call in who says like I hate you I'm gonna kill you and then the shock jock ends up dead and then you're like well that's that's our suspect that's Mark Gasol like Mark Gasol said like I'm gonna do Everything in my power. I'm not going to take this sitting down. Like they, they can't bench me. I, I'm going to do whatever I can about it. And then, like 12 hours later, the coach is fired. Uh, so it, it does seem like there was motive and opportunity, you know, for him doing it. But I'm not sure he did it. I just think I've lost a lot of confidence in the Grizzlies front office, and no one seems to agree who who even is in charge mm-hmm. with the Grizzlies right now. So I've lost a lot of faith as far as my view of Marcus Saw. Like, no, he's a very competitive, kind of enigmatic guy who values team over everything. And so, you know, people calling on him to be the alpha dog, like that's not his thing. That's not his strength. That isn't where he's comfortable. And he was expressing his frustrations and a coach got fired. So, yeah, I mean, he probably is certainly a coach killer. Like, it's hard to say he's not a coach killer mm-hmm. um, after, I guess, now going through Jaeger and uh, – yeah, you know, or Hollins, Hollins, Jaeger, and now Fisdale. But no, it hasn't really changed my opinion much on him. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, well, where were you at with Fizz? Like, were you, like, all in on Fizzdale being kind of the guy going forward? Uh, are you kind of the person, this is probably where I fall, like, I would take the star player over the coach any day, and if there's an issue there, then obviously I think it's pretty easy to make a decision. Um, where were you at with Fizz? Like, were you a big Fizz fan, or is it just kind of like a non-starter to be that concerned about him not being there anymore? Uh I was a Fizdale fan, definitely as a person. He okay. seemed like he was, a, you know, he's very charismatic, you know, like seemed very outspoken, like a good guy. And I thought he like, this is good for the organization to have someone like a strong coach, uh, a guy who has the credit to his name of being a player development guy, although we don't know how much of that is officially him because he was, a, you know, an assistant coach with the Heat who brought along a few just kind of random guys like Josh Richardson and other dudes who kind of just showed up out of nowhere. But you know, so like it seemed like maybe this was a good guy for the team. There were some weird things with the rotations, some, you know, uh, some hiccups where you're like, all right, that's new coach stuff. Like, why would you leave this lineup in the game? Why are these guys playing? But I mean, anytime you're not one of the best, I don't know, eight teams in the league. I know people in Toronto uh, are mad at Dwayne Casey all the time, at least based <laughs> on stuff I read or see on Twitter. You know, uh, and so. You're, you're always going to have something where you can question a coach, especially his armchair coaching and being, you know, just a league pass junkie watching it. So, like, I, I wasn't super, like, I wasn't over the moon for Fizdale. Like, this guy's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I, I did like him a lot. And I would rather have Fizdale over, like, J.B. Bickerstaff, right. who I don't think was anyone's first choice to have this Grizzlies team be the best team it could be. So... Yeah, I'm not super happy about it, but I guess, you know, I guess I'll get over it if they demonstrate some direction with the franchise. Has there been any reporting or anything like that about who the replacement might be? Are they just going to roll with Bickerstaff for the rest of the season? Everything I've heard is they're rolling with Bickerstaff for the season. Okay. Which, again, like, bugs me. If this is, if this is like, I don't know, I, I look at it in their perspective of we have like three more years maybe of Mark and Mike. That's my own estimation mm -hmm. of like these guys being, you know, I think they, they can both contribute, you know, until their mid thirties. So I feel like we have a few more years of these guys and we're obviously paying them so much that it's going to be hard to trade them. And I doubt we'll get enough return to make it worth our time to trade them. So I look at like, we had a few more years of these guys and now we're wasting one of these years on an interim coach. We have young guys on the roster, a lot of like second round undrafted type players who we need to develop some of them. But what is JB Bickerstaff's motivation to develop those young players when he's an interim coach looking to get his first head coaching gig? Like to yeah. actually sign a contract as a head coach as opposed to being an interim again. So, like, I don't like having JB Bickerstaff on for the remaining however many games it is, you know, 60 games left of the season. Like, you know, he's probably going to try to win, but he's going to have the long view of success in mind. And I don't see how he could. Like, I mean, obviously he's going to try to win games. And I don't think he's going to, like, you know, ride Mark and Mike 40 minutes a night. But, you know, is he going to give Deontay Davis uh, all the minutes he needs or Wayne Selden when he gets back? Or are we going to see Ivan Rabb? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, so the, the Grizzlies right now are 8-16. and 16. They're 13th in the West. And, I mean, the West is kind of shaky right now, especially in that sort of 
uh, 5 through 11 range that was sort of the, the hot area of the league coming into the season. That's kind of been disappointing, and there's a bunch of injuries with those teams. So maybe you could make the argument that the Grizzlies aren't totally out of it, but the Grizzlies are also one of those teams that are dealing with injuries. And, you know, the roster itself, like outside of Mike and, and Mark, is not all that inspiring. So, like, would you say at this point, like, the Grizzlies pretty much are kind of toast and it's going to be really tough to come back? And if so... Does it make sense to, you know, you alluded to the idea of maybe trading Marcus Gasol. Like, is that something you think they're going to entertain? Because, you know, this is not a team that has a lot of future assets. They owe their 2019 pick to Boston, I believe, which is uh, very annoying. Um, and, yeah, it, it just seems like it's kind of lining up that this is a team that doesn't have a whole lot in terms of prospects or or much in the way of, you know, sort of future talent. And the best way to sort of kickstart that rebuild would be to trade the two very good players, including Marcus Gasol, uh, whose name has kind of been floated out there this season, uh, you know, maybe not in, like, hard reporting, but just in rumors and things like that. Um, and, you know, you mentioned all the complications with money and things like that to make it difficult. But, like, do you think they might entertain it if the, the losing continues? I think you have to entertain it. Like you have, you have to, you know, have your ear open to opportunities to pick up either a prospect or a pick. But I, I can't come up with any fake trade that makes sense for both teams that would involve, like Marcus Saul. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you know, like that, like that's not that's not going to get anyone in in Memphis excited. And, and like, all right, you know. Are, are you going to part with OG Ananobi or something? Like, do the Raptors even want Marcus Gasol? Like, I've seen stuff on Twitter. Or, like, the Wizards. Like, would the Wizards, you know, would they give up Kelly Oubre yeah. and the, the 19, you know, this year's pick, which will probably be, like, 19 or something. Like, if I'm the Grizzlies, do I want Kelly Oubre and, you know, uh, Gortat and whatever else makes the salaries work? Jason Smith, guys who are still under contract for more years, like, for Marcus Gasol? I, like, I, no, I don't think so. I, I don't. I can't look at basketball in like the cold calculating spreadsheet manner of maybe Kelly Oubre becomes a decent role player and that 19th pick has a 40% chance of being a role player and then at least we have two role players going forward to the future. Like no, I'd rather I'd rather stick with Marcus Saul who might be the best player in Grizzlies history and who I personally have like attachment to as a fan. Like, I'd rather roll with Marcus Gasol until he's real old. Like, his brother Powell is 38 or 37, mm-hmm. and he's still, you know, an effective NBA player. So if the option is get, like, the 20th pick or, you know, like a playoff team this year's pick and, you know, kind of a middling return, no, I'd rather keep Marcus Gasol. Like, yeah, like, I don't think the odds of getting something better than what Marcus Gasol is going to be for the next two or three years I think are very low. So, yeah, I'd entertain something, but I'm not really actively looking for something or expecting anything. You are striking a whole lot of chords with me, man. Uh, this has <laughs> been a thing with the Raptors over the last few seasons. Like, oh, should they blow it up? They have a ceiling, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I'm cool with like pretty good basketball for the next little while here because there's been a lot of garbage for a very long time with this organization. So, like, why not prolong the best era in franchise history? Uh, and this is kind of why I think the, the Grizzlies and Raptors kind of have a lot of similarities, you know, the conference final appearance and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Clippers East has been thrown around as like the Raptors, you know, 
comparable, but I, I definitely think that the Grizzlies kind of line up a little bit more in terms of just like you know organizational history and how they match up and the sort of style of team they are built around two guys that are maybe like a tier below superstardom, but are also just like really freaking good. Um, and you could argue, I think, that Conley and Gasol are, are closer to superstardom than say DeRozan, but uh, it's all semantics at this point. Like I think they're very similar in terms of how their their, their franchises have gone. The one difference is that the Raptors have this stable of like very promising-looking young guys where it doesn't really seem like the Grizzlies have that. Uh, actually, yesterday on the podcast, I was going back through looking at you know back drafts from the Grizzlies, and it's just been depressing, mostly, for, for guys they've taken. And it's kind of you know the difference between the two franchises. Um, if, is there a young guy on the team that you look at and you're like particularly excited about, like a guy, say, in his either first or second year, um, that you look at and you're like, yeah, this guy is going to be on like the next really good Grizzlies team and is going to be a big rotation player if they ever sort of get it together in the next couple of years here? Uh, not at all, Sean. Ooh. Not at all. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like, like Dylan Brooks. You're like, Dylan Brooks, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. He's a second-round pick. He seems okay. Like, yeah, he seems okay. Like, I, like what is his what is his apex? Yeah. Like, is his apex being, like, uh, Norm Powell? You yeah, know? Like, watch, it's, it's, who you're, watch the, the Toronto-related people you're slandering here, Keith. I like Norm Powell, but, like, what's Norm Powell's ceiling? You I, know, know, like, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm messing like, with you. He's like, he's like, you know. Maybe maybe a fifth starter who you know who doesn't touch the ball yeah. type thing you know yeah. like like so is is Dylan Brooks maybe that uh, could be like Wayne Selton I'm kind of excited about Wayne Selton I'm very bummed out that uh, you know he hasn't been able to play at all this year mm-hmm. I, you said it earlier I was anticipating that he would be the starter um, or once they gave up on Ben McLemore because Ben McLemore made more money but. Like I kind of like Wayne Selden. He's like a poor man's Donovan Mitchell. At least right. that's what he showed, you know, a little bit in the playoffs last year and in summer league. But no, like that's the frustrating thing with the Grizzlies is you have this pile of second round and undrafted guys. And no, I'm not really excited about about any of them. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of sad and depressing. I mean, speaking as a Raptors fan, it's nice to have young guys you can root for and kind of wish on, so um, that's a bit Before of a bummer. That, that also, I wonder... We were actually joking on our episode of Fast Break Breakfast this week about how do the Raptors just keep pulling dudes? Like, if if the Raptors organization ran all the Grizzlies players, would I feel much more optimistic about my players? Like, if we had <laughs> if we had uh, Pascal Siakam and OG Anuobi uh, and Fred Van Fleet, like, would they seem kind of lost and bad if they were in the Grizzlies organization? Like, how much of that is the players' pers- you know, like their own talent? Versus how much versus how much is you know the Raptors um, just optimizing the talent and teaching these guys and developing these guys and putting them in positions to succeed and so then as a Raptors fan you're like this is cool we have all these young guys who can all play and you know I like watching them play whereas the Grizzlies it's like oh you're like yeesh like uh, yeah. Andrew Harrison's coming back in uh, that's it's not great yeah. or like Jerome Martin <laughs> and Deontay Davis can't play together because they're both really bad so it's, uh, yeah it's dark things things are kind of dark over. Uh, as a Grizzlies fan. Is Jerome Martin the best draft pick they've made in the last, like, five years? 
Uh, no, I mean, I think you'd have to give that already to Dylan Brooks. I mean, Darrell Martin is not, he, he's a fourth year NBA player. Yeah, who, no, he's, he's really bad. He's very who bad. Was very, who was, yeah, he's like, he's not an <laughs> NBA player. Like yeah. he is the only guy I think they've drafted. He's the only guy they've drafted since OJ Mayo, who has played his entire rookie contract, like all their first round picks, they either traded him after their first year which was uh, Xavier Henry, Grievous Vasquez, and uh, Damari Carroll. Mm-hmm. And then every other one, they they just cut or, uh, like, yeah, they cut or trade her for, like, a, you know, a top 55 protected second rounder. That will be our, uh, you know, our Wade Baldwins, our, our Tony Rodens. Uh, yeah. Trying to think of this another one. But, yeah, like, he's – Terrell Martin is the only guy who's actually made it through his entire rookie contract, uh, although he might not make it through the year, so – yeah, that's uh. Now I'm getting sad. This is not what I wanted on a Thursday night. I was uh. Hoping... When, you, when you when you DM me on Twitter, you were like, "Hey, you want to talk about the Grizzlies Raptors?" I was like, "Oh man, we're playing the Raptors!" Like, I've stuck, like I've stuck my head in the sand. I don't even know. The, I don't even know the Grizzlies schedule like very well coming up. Like yeah. I know, I know we don't have Mike Conley, and we were playing a lot of good teams. So. Uh, okay, a couple more for you, Keith. Uh, which fringe NBAer? is going to piss the Raptors fans off most tomorrow night. Like, which guy is, like, going to be annoyingly kind of decent? Uh, it might be... You know, wow, there's, like, so few to pick from. <laughs> uh, it might be Andrew Harrison, who actually has played pretty well in the last few games. He looked... He looked pretty bad under Fizdale. He did have, like, a, a really good playoff game. He had, he had a, a well-known block against the Spurs that helped the Grizzlies win game four in the playoffs last year. But he looks really bad and lost and like a huge negative when he's on the court. He's actually, I think, really benefited from the slower pace of, mm-hmm. of that they've been playing uh, under Bickerstaff. So like he's a guy where I think maybe there's going to be some plays where Raptors fans are like, I thought this guy was terrible, and he acquits himself very nicely. But other than that, I don't think you need to worry about <laughs> anyone. The second unit has been getting just obliterated. They have at least found something with – Tyreek and Mark Gasol playing minutes together has actually been really good. Uh, and those guys are starting to form a little bit of chemistry, a little bit of a two-man game, some nice pick and rolls. Uh, so that, that'll be, that's all, that's all the Grizzlies have. I mean, if the Raptors focus on that and turn all their defensive attention to that, uh, they're probably going to be fine. Because yeah. honestly, no one else on the team can really hit a shot. So uh, it's going to be uh, – if Chandler Parsons brings his game, if James Ennis is on, you know, like the Grizzlies can be in the game. But uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't worry much about the, the fringe players out there. Uh, they're not going to harm you. Tyreek Evans has a history of uh, owning the Raptors, so there's a little oh, glimmer of hope. Yeah, when he was with the Pelicans, there was a game I think where Anthony Davis didn't play, and Tyreek hit a game winner over Grievous Vasquez and uh, – that was depressing um, because why have Grievous Vasquez on the guy you know is taking the shot? I don't know. I'm still mad at that last minute coaching two, from two years ago for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the Grizzlies. Uh, the other guy I wanted to ask you about is Chandler Parsons, who last night I turned on the TV uh, against the uh, when they were playing the Knicks and he scored ten points in four minutes, and it looked awesome. It was great to see Chandler Parsons not like hobbling around and being unusable. Um, he's shooting really well this season. He's played 19 games. He's at nine points. He's averaging uh, 47% from the three, which is really impressive. Uh, effective field goal percentage of 64.8. Like, he's looked pretty good. Uh, at what point will you start to believe in Chandler Parsons maybe fulfilling, like, half of what his contract is worth? Um, well, I guess that just 
depends on how much you value the money. Right. right. Uh, like he has been really good this year, mm-hmm. not just offensively, defensively. He's been really, really good. He's he's in great defensive position. He's using his hands really well. He's obviously not quick, but he's, he's got great size and, he, and he's playing really smart. He's been an incredible positive when he's played this year, right. but it just looks like best case scenario for him is going to be a guy who plays 20 something minutes a game like a ceiling of playing 24 minutes mm-hmm. uh and it's hard to start a guy like that like if you start someone that means they can't really play for like the second and third quarters yeah. if you're going to play him just 20 minutes so i mean yeah i think he can kind of fulfill half of his contract if you throw out last year yeah. like if you yeah. just count the next three years yeah, he can play kind of as a $10 million a year super sub. Like, that's that's fine, because he has been. That's one of the frustrating things, is he has been really good this season so far. And to be 8-16 and 16 with Chandler Parsons playing well, it's that's, that, that's like doubly frustrating. You're like, oh, we're actually getting contributions from Chandler Parsons, and uh, <laughs> we're, still, we're still losing a lot of games. Okay, this has made me really sad, so let's leave this off. Give me one thing that's giving you optimism about the Grizzlies right now. Or in the future. <laughs> yeah. Just one thing, please. Uh, Mike Conley's going to play again, and he's really good. <laughs> uh, Marcus Saul's in a little bit of slump, and, and just, you know, the numbers are going to bounce back up. He's going he's gonna to hit some more shots. Uh, this shortened lineup is going to result, or this season, at going how it's gone, should end up in the Grizzlies getting a higher draft pick than they normally get, and that will be the infusion for the talent, and hopefully that will be the lifeline to being able to enjoy the last few years of Mark and Mike a little bit more. The pain of this year is going to uh, be rewarded with being better the next couple years. I guess that's my optimistic spin. That is a good way to look at it. I would be really psyched to see the Grizzlies pull one of those, like, jump 9-1 to one in the draft lottery kind of deals. Uh, like, rarely, rarely do I want to see that happen because I'd rather see really bad teams just, like, figure their crap out. But uh, if the Grizzlies were to make that jump, something like the Raptors did when they jumped to get Andrea Bargnani, not to say they'll get Andrea Bargnani in this draft, um, but... <laughs> sorry, I'm not trying to make you more sad. But, no, uh, yeah, like I would like to see that. The Grizzlies are fun. They're good. Uh, I would like to see them maintain success and not trade away Marcus Saul and Mike Conley because even though Tony Allen and Zebo are gone, I still feel like Conley and Gasol, you know, kind of make up most of the identity of what that team was over the past few years anyway. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see them go away. And so uh, here's hoping that you're right and that they get a higher pick this season and it's an infusion for them and they can kind of reset next year. Maybe, uh, find some guys who aren't Andrew Harrison to fill in the cracks of the rotation and uh, everything will be lovely in Memphis and we'll have a Grizzlies Raptors finals in 2019 uh, Keith this was uh, this was really fun uh, it was sad but fun and I really enjoyed talking to you uh, tell people about the podcast uh, Fast Break Breakfast it's just uh, me and a couple other guys we just talk about basketball in a relaxed fun manner we think basketball podcasts should be enjoyable and entertaining so that's uh, what we do and I also do an interview also every week so a couple episodes a week uh, just looking to you know talk about basketball in a smart uh, but funny hopefully manner that sounds pretty good thank you for talking about basketball in a smart and funny manner on this podcast very much appreciate it uh, and hopefully we can do it again down the road when uh, said finals takes place at some point that'll be great look forward to it take care man hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music 
Download the Amazon Music app today.